I'm not pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so recently I did a podcast talking about the history of tokens, creature tokens. So I got all the way up through Fallen Empires. So today I'm going to continue on. Um, so I pick up with Ice Age. So it's interesting that Ice Age had one card that made a creature token, um, which was Caribou Range. Two white, white, enchant land. When caribou range comes into play, choose target land you control. Tap, tap, tap land, caribou range enchants to put a caribou token into play. Treat this token as a zero, one white creature. And you can sacrifice a caribou to gain a life. Um, so that's a pretty weak card. It makes zero, one. Uh, you'll notice there's a lot of zero, ones. I mentioned this last time. I think there's a little bit of worry early on about tokens sort of getting out of control. We started getting a lot more aggressive with tokens. Um, okay, so next we get to Homeland. So Homeland's actually had a number of cards. Let's see. Uh, it had six cards that made creature tokens. Um, I want to talk about a couple. Uh, so first off, Broken uh, Visage. Um, so this was uh, instant, four and a black. Uh, I'll read you the text as it uh, was uh, came in the card. Bury target non-artifact attacking creature and put a shadow token into play. Treat this token as a black creature with power and toughness equal to the power and toughness of that attacking creature. Bury shadow token end of turn. So bury, by the way, was a term we used to mean that uh, you destroy it and it can't be regenerated. Um, like for, just to give you a, a contrast. The current template is destroy target non-artifact attacking creature. It can't be regenerated. Create a black spirit creature token. Its power is equal to the creature's power and toughness. Uh, and it's equal to the creature's power, and its toughness equal to the creature's toughness. Sacrifice the token at the beginning of the next end step. So this, the reason I want to bring this one up is, this is a card saying, I'm trying to do something. How can I do it? Oh, the answer is, I can use a token to do it. And not even a permanent token, but a temporary token. So essentially, the idea of this card is, I want to make a shadow version. Your shadow attacks you. That's kind of the flavor of this card. Well, how do you represent a shadow? How does your shadow attack you? Well, what if I made a creature, a black creature, that's power is equal to your power and toughness equal to your creature and it attacks you? So it's kind of like you. It doesn't have your other abilities, but it's kind of like you. And then the idea is, hey, we're just going to fight and then I go away. That, it, that it's using a token as a way to address and create some ability that is meant to be temporary. Um, and I think Broken Visage is the first card to do that. Um, one of the things you'll see as we start going along with tokens is how the designers get more and more inventive in sort of how to do that. Um, another card, for example, that was very popular called Singer Autocrat. So three and a black for a 2-2 two, two Autocrat, Summon Autocrat. Um, when Singer Autocrat comes into play, so I'm, once again, I like reading the original cards. It would be Enter the Battlefield now, obviously. Uh, when Singer Autocrat comes into play, put three Surf Tokens into play, treat the tokens as 0-1 black creatures. If Singer Autocrat leaves play, bury all Surf Tokens. Um, so the idea here is the real value of this card was that it was four creatures for the cost of one card. And the ways that really take advantage of this card, this card actually saw some play, was, hey, what if I have cards that value creatures? I'm sacrificing them, I'm counting them. And the idea that for one card I can get four creatures was the best at the time the game did. Uh, and that was, was something that was sort of interesting about that. Um... Like, one of the things that, as we're moving along here, is that 
we get more and more inventive on what it means. That tokens allow the designers to stretch a little bit more. And the neat thing here is the idea of one creature is one card is something that tokens let us stretch. Um, and you'll see even modern day, stuff like Raise the Alarm or one card makes two creatures. That that we there isn't a one for one anymore because of tokens that allows us to sort of make creatures that don't evaluate one for one. Like one of the things we've played around a lot with is the idea of what is a card and what's the value of a card. And the idea that you can make multiple creatures with tokens really lets us play around with that. Okay, the next set that makes use of the or the next set, which I mean, pretty much what you'll notice is every set uh, there might be one or two exceptions, but every set tends to use tokens. Some use a few, some use more. So the next set is alliances. There are um, 10 cards here. So I want to talk about uh, two cards and then one other card. Uh, okay, so Varchild's, Varchild's War Rider, one in a red, uh, three, four, summon War Riders, trample Rampage 1, uh, Rampage 1 by the one that says, whenever I'm blocked, for each creature beyond the first, I get plus one, plus one. That's what Rampage means. Uh, Cune of Upkeep, Put a survivor token into play under target opponent's control. Treat this as a 1-1 red creature. So the idea is for two mana, you get a 3-4 creature, but every upkeep, I got to give my opponent more creatures. So on the first, they get one 1-1 red creature. Then they get two 1-1 red creatures. Then they get three 1-1 red creatures. Um, and the other card I want to talk about here is Feldegriff. One white, blue, red, green. 4-4, um, four, four, it's a legend, summon legend, back when legends were uh, creature type. White, flying to end of turn, target opponent gains two life. Blue, return Feldegraft to his owner's hand, target opponent may draw a card. Green, trample until end of turn, put a hippo token into play under target opponent's control, treat this token as a 1-1 green creature. So Vorchar's War Riders and Feldegraft both do something that I, I, we hadn't done at this point, which is I'm giving tokens to my opponent. I'm using tokens as a costing mechanism. So for example, Vartrell's War Rider says, okay, hey, I get a 3-4 creature for 2 mana. That's really, really good. Oh, but there's a, there's a downside. And the downside is I'm, I'm giving my opponent more and more creatures. How long do I want to keep this around knowing that I'm you know, giving them creatures? And Feldegriff, the idea is each activation of the Feldegriff... Feldegriff, by the way, for the don't, that don't know, uh, is what we call a vanity card. We don't make these really anymore. Uh, Feldegriff is an anagram of Garfield PhD. Um, Richard Garfield, obviously the creator of magic. This was made by the Alliance, uh, the East Coast Playshafters as a joke. Um, <coughs> they had always joked that as magic went along, that, you know, things would get wilder and wilder. And they, they had joked about one day there'd be a flying purple hippo. And so they decided to be fun to make the flying purple hippo. Uh, the reason it's Garfield PhD is whenever, um, in the early days, whenever the PR did any sort of PR with Richard, they would always mention that he had PhD. Um, just because they, 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 they thought it made him sound smarter and they wanted him to sound smarter when they, they were doing, not that Richard isn't super smart. But um, anyway, so they were sort of mocking Richard a little bit. I mean, in a fun, light way. Um, but each of the activations, the idea is you get something, but the opponent gets something. Feldegift gets to fly, but the opponent gains life. Feldegift gets bounced to protect it from stuff. Oh, but the opponent gets to draw a card. Feldegift gets trampled. Oh, but the opponent gets a creature. Um, and so both Varchel's War, War Riders and Feldegrift was us, once again, expanding on what creature tokens could do. And here, it's the idea of it could be a cost because I can give them to my opponent. Um, the other card that I'll just point out because I ended up being a powerhouse, a very powerful tournament card, was called Keldoran Outpost. 
So as a land, when Kaldor outpost comes into play, sacrifice the planes or bury Kaldor outpost. So you had to sacrifice the planes when it entered. And then tap, add white mana to your mana pool. One and tap, put a soldier token into play. Treat this token as a 1-1 one, one white creature. Um, and the modern day, by the way, uh, if Kaldoran Outpost would enter the battlefield, sacrifice a planes instead. If you do, put Kaldoran Outpost onto the battlefield. If you don't, put it into its owner's graveyard. Tap add white. One tap, one white tap, create a 1-1 one, one white so- creature soldier token. Um, anyway, this was super powerful. The idea of making a token every turn. Now, this had some cost to it. I mean, you had to basically sacrifice a land. And it was two mana turn. But it turns out that two mana turn to make a 1-1 creature was very powerful. This was a tournament-level card. Um, and, and the experiment sort of here was, early on, like, the Hive is not a good card. The Hive was the first card that had um, creature tokens. But what they're kind of showing is, hey, creatures can be valuable, even a 1-1 creature. The ability to generate over turn really let you sort of swarm the opponent with small creatures. Um... And so, this is a really good example of how, um, you know, tokens early on seem like a casual thing, but they clearly, clearly can be a tournament thing. Keldon Oppo said, hey, if I want to generate creatures, that can be a very valuable thing, and it was done at a cost that it, you know, it really made it something that you could do. Okay, next up, uh, we get to Mirage. So, Mirage had a bunch of cards. Um, it looks like it had about uh, 11, I think. Um, okay, once again, I'm just going to hit the, the highlights of things I want to talk about. So, Afterlife, Tuna White, instant, bury target creature and put an essence token into play under that control of that creature's controller. Treat this token as a one wind white creature with flying. So, this is the first time we've done, uh, I guess what I'll call reparations with the creature. I mean, Feldegriff does this a little bit, but the, the idea here is that I'm trying to get the flavor of I'm killing your creature and in its place is a little spirit. Um, in fact, I bet you... Let's, let me see the modern-day version. Yeah, so the modern-day template is destroy target creature, it can't be regenerated, its controller creates a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. So the flavor is I'm killing your creature, or I'm killing a creature, and its controller gets um, a spirit. So I'm sort of killing it, and a spirit comes out of it. Um, so once again, that's once again, sort of expanding on our uses, the idea of using tokens to represent, represent transition. Um, we will see blue do that in the future. White does it some. Um, white will also do some stuff where it's sort of giving you um, compensation. But here the flavor really is that I'm killing your creature and then it becomes a spirit. So I'm sort of turning your creature into a spirit, essentially. Um, okay, Sacred Mesa. Tuna white enchantment. During your upkeep, sacrifice a Pegasus or bury Sacred Mesa. One in white, put a wild Pegasus token into play. Treat this token as a 1-1 one, one white creature with flying that counts as a Pegasus. Um, once again, I'm reading the original text just because it entertains me. Um, so this idea here is, it was an enchantment that made tokens, much like Keldon Outpost, but, uh, Keldon Outpost, but uh, and these are flying 1-1s, one, but it's, it's a little more of an upkeep because you have to sacrifice a Pegasus each turn. So the idea to this is, if I'm just generating one uh, token a turn... It's, I'm just barely keeping alive. I gotta be generating multiple tokens a turn, uh, but it costs two mana, so it does allow you to do that. Um, and once again, you can start seeing that we're using tokens like, I mean, you can sacrifice any Pegasus, not necessarily a Pegasus token, but this really is using the tokens as a cost, as a means to sort of balance the card. Next up, Tidal Wave. Tuna White Instant. 
Put a wave token into play. Treat this token as a 5-5 blue creature that counts as a wall. Bury the token end of turn. So here's another example, um, kind of like um, um, uh, Broken Visage from um, Homelands, that sort of uses a temporary token to replicate a spell. Mostly what's happening is I, I, I kind of want to kill your attacking creature, but do it in a blue way. So what's happening is I'm sort of making a temporary wall to block. Um, so Karen, uh, one black black instant, sacrifice a creature, put into play a number of maggot tokens equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Treat these tokens as zero one black creatures. Um, once again, this is us playing around the idea of, so this lets you sacrifice a creature, but it lets you turn one creature into multiple creatures defined by its toughness. Now again, like Singer Autocrat, it, you need to have some resource that takes advantage of creatures being creatures. You're making them into zero ones. So sacrificing a four four creature to make four zero ones. Uh, by the way, I, I will note uh, th- there's no mana to this at all. So you can. So if your creature's about to die, um, like someone's you know murdering your creature or something, you can just sack it. So the idea is, okay, my creature's going to die, but in its place I'll get something. And um, again, you can see us playing around a little bit more with. What is the value of a creature? What does a creature mean? Like, one of the cool things about a creature token is because it gets divorced from the cards that you really can start experimenting. A, you can generate multiple creatures, and you can start sort of caring about things in different ways. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I will tell one, as, since we're going through, I will tell one behind-the-scenes story. So Goblin Scouts, uh, also from Mirage, three red-red sorcery, Put three Goblin Scout tokens into play. Treat these as tokens as 1-1 one, one red creatures with Mountain Walk that count as goblins. Um, originally, this card actually made 1-2 dwarves. Um, but when we got the art back, uh, the artist... What the artist had drawn, we didn't think red as dwarves. We thought red as goblins. And so we changed the card so that it would match what the art was. And so if, if you ever... Uh, I mean... It's one of the funny things where we have done a lot more with goblins than we have with dwarves. So it's, it's kind of weird that a dwarf card got turned into a goblin card, but that's the nature. Oh, the other, b- b- speaking of, of art sort of things, Waiting in the Weeds, one white-white sorcery. For each untapped force he or she controls, each player puts a cat token into play under his or her control. Treat this as one-one green creatures. Waiting in the Weeds was supposed to be the first squirrel card. Um... What happened was the art description was like, you can't see, you just see the eyes in the distance. You can't see where they are. And I think what happened was the artist felt that didn't read well as a picture. And so they ended up putting a cat in the picture. Uh, Susan Van Camp was the artist. And, and the artist had cleared it with the art director, but the art director didn't realize that it sort of changed the essence of what the card did. And so we ended up having to change it from making squirrels to making cats. Um, okay. Next up, we get to Visions. Okay, so my story here is another fun behind-the-scenes story. So a Venomancer, two in a blue, summon sorcerer, zero one. When a Venomancer comes into play, return three basic lands you control to owner's hand or bury a Venomancer. So it costs a lot. You have to, you have to bounce three lands. But its ability is tap, return a Venomancer to the owner's hand, bury a target creature, and put a sheep token into play under control of that creature's controller. Treat this token as a zero one green creature. So back in the early days... Um, for a while, Wizards of the Coast got into uh, making tournament, uh, tournament uh, game stores. And so we wanted to understand how game stores work. So we opened up a tournament center at Wizards. And there was a LAN, a connected work of, of network of computers. And one of the games that we had on it was the original World of Warcraft. 
And so R&D at the time, which wasn't a lot of people, I mean, there was maybe, I don't know, R&D was eight, nine people maybe. Um, and, and a bunch of them didn't, like only four of us worked, or five of us worked all the time in Magic. The rest did other things. Um, or maybe it was a little bit. Maybe it was like 10, 12 people. But anyway, and now that's all of R&D. Magic R&D was five people. Um, but anyway, they a, a bunch of people would go down, a bunch of R&D would go down and play World of Warcraft late at night. I would go down. I wouldn't play World of Warcraft. I would uh, flirt with uh, the person who was the um, person at the desk, uh, a woman named Laura, who I would later marry. So uh, my time well spent. Um, but anyway, in World of Warcraft, one of the spells is, I think, I think it's called Polymorph. But anyway, you turn things into sheep. And Bill loved turning people into sheep. So he decided he was going to make uh, a card that was a creature, a, a wizard that turned things into sheep. He was worried that it'd be too strong, so this card is on the weaker side, just because Bill was worried that, you know, turning things sheep would be a little too good. So, like, you have to bounce three lands, and it bounces itself, and in anyway. But that is where it came from. It came from Bill wanting to bring to life uh, the world of Warcraft. Um, the other uh, I want to talk about uh, in Visions was Giant Caterpillar, which, interestingly, so summon Caterpillar, three, three and a green for a 3-3, three, three, uh, green, sacrifice giant caterpillar, put a butterfly token into play at the end of turn, treat this token as a 1-1 Greek creature with, with flying. Um, so now, by the way, it's an it's a insect token named butterfly. So I believe that is the only butterfly creature in all of magic, by the way. We, we need to fix that. But uh, anyway, uh, the idea here, just pointing out, once again, is some transformation stuff. You see us playing with transformation a little bit more. Um, what is going on is... Uh, okay, you have a giant caterpillar, and then it's going to go into cocoon and become a butterfly. And so you represent that. I'm not sure why the 3-3 three, three caterpillar has become a 1-1 one, one butterfly, but it does. I mean, it wants to be smaller because obviously um, uh, flying is better than not flying. But Okay, uh, the one final thing in Visions is Snake Basket. Um, uh, four... For an artifact, X sacrifice snake basket, put X cobra tokens into play, treat these tokens as 1-1 green creatures, play this ability as a sorcery. A couple things. One is, you start to see, like, ah, uh, this might be the first X uh, token maker. I'm not sure whether I had one before. I don't think I did. Um, so it's an X token maker. It also is not a green card that makes green creature tokens. We start getting into the idea that things can be other colors. Um, for a while, whatever color you were, that's the color of what you made. But we started realizing the flavor might be fun. Like, oh, these are snakes. And, okay, it's a snake basket, so it's an artifact, generic artifact. But, well, the snakes could be green. Snakes are green. So um, you see us start, um, started messing around with that. Okay. Uh, next, we get to Weatherlight. So Weatherlight has one uh, card. Uh, Liege of Hollows, two green, green. Uh, summon Spirit, 3-4. If Liege of Hollows is put into any graveyard from play, each player may pay an amount of mana to put that many Squirtle tokens into the play under control. Treat these tokens as 1-1 green creatures. Uh, this is the first Squirtle card. Uh, I have a whole podcast on the design of Squirtles if you want to hear about it. Um, but this is the first actual Squirtle-making card. One of the things you can see or start to do is um, have a little bit more fun with tokens. Uh, I think that we... One of the things that we start to do more with is really have fun with what the tokens are and create more variety of tokens. Um, that's another fun thing as Magic started sort of getting some identity. Like, for example, um, 
in Fallen Empires, we made Sapling, which is a unique creature we made up that's sort of a plant creature. And we actually made Sapling a reoccurring token that we don't, we've never done a card that was creature type Sapling. It's only a token type. Okay, next up is Tempest. Okay, so I want to talk, uh, a couple cards I want to talk about in Tempest. First is Spirit Mirror. So Spirit Mirror's two-white-white two enchantment. Uh, during your upkeep, if there are no reflection tokens in play, put a reflection token into play. Treat this token as a 2-2 two, two white creature. Zero, destroy target reflection. Okay, so this is an interesting card. What I wanted to make was a 2-2 two, two creature that could be destroyed by enchantment destruction, but not by creature destruction. That was my goal. Uh, and it proved to be very hard. It, it one of those things that you think would be kind of easy, and it was not remotely easy to do. Um, so I ended up doing something, this is the first card that did this, is the idea of a recurring token, meaning you can only ever have one at a time. Um, so you only got a reflection token if you didn't have a reflection token. So the idea is it made a 2-2 token, but if for some reason something killed the token, it brought it back. It kept bringing back Sort of the same token. I mean, technically it was a new token, but... Um, and interesting, by the way, the reason it has destroy target reflection on it, zero destroy target reflection, is we didn't want it getting pacified and you getting shut down. So that way, if someone sort of locks up your creature, you can just get get rid of it. Okay, next up, Sarcomancy. Um, when Sar so it costs black mana, enchantment. When Sarcomancy comes into play, put a zombie token into play, treat this token as a 2-2 black creature... During your upkeep, if there are no zombies in play, Sarcomancy deals one damage to you. So I was trying to make a one-drop 2-2, two -two, uh, and I was... The, originally, the idea was I wanted to make a zombie that said, um, you lose one damage if there are no zombies in play. The problem was, it was a zombie, and so while it was on the battlefield, it would never trigger... And then we were worried about in the graveyard. We didn't understand it worked in the graveyard. So finally we said, okay, we can use token technology. It'll be an enchantment. It'll make a token because it's just a vanilla 2-2. But that way if the creature dies, the enchantment sticks around to have the effect that we wanted. And in a way, I mean, we do do effects that sit in the graveyard that remind you stuff in the graveyard. It's easy to forget that. Um, so this is another example where we can use tokens to sort of shift around what we're doing. Instead of having to make this a creature, I can make an enchantment. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I'm able to using token technology to do that. Much like Spirit Mirror, I wanted to create something using the technology of, of creature types really allowed me to make something that I normally couldn't make otherwise. Okay, next, Tooth and Claw. Three and a red enchantment, sacrifice two creatures, put a carnivore token into play, treat this token as a 3-1 red creature. Um, and this is something else we, we do with creatures, um, with token creatures, is the idea of upgrading the token creatures. In this case, I can turn two creatures into a 3-1. Probably I'm going to turn 0-1s or 1-1s, but the idea essentially is I can upgrade. If I have two creatures that my value of having a 3-1 is better, I can upgrade them into that. Um, and tokens are nice for doing sort of creature exchanges. Tokens let us do that. Um... For example, let's look at Mongrel Pack, also from Tempest. Three and a green, four one, summon hound, not, now dog. Uh, if Mongrel Pack is put into any graveyard from play during combat, put four hound tokens into play. I'm sure now dog tokens. Uh, treat these as one one green creature tokens. So the idea is this creature has a penalty that if it dies in combat, you it turns in the four four or the sorry the four one breaks apart into four one one creatures. 
Um, and the reason we can do that, once again, like, this is the thing, my, my theme of today is how tokens really allow us just to expand what we can do with design. They are a very valuable tool, and they let us make and craft cards. Like, this is a neat card, the idea that a 4-1 that breaks into 4-1-1s if it dies in combat. That would be really hard to do without tokens, and, and almost impossible. I mean, maybe, maybe you have cards sitting outside, you pull the cards in. I mean, but it becomes very complicated to do it. Okay, next, another very popular card, Verdant Force. Five green, green, green. It's a summon elemental, a creature type elemental, 7-7. Seven, seven. During each player's upkeep, not just yours, each player's upkeep, put a sapling token into play. Treat this as a 1-1 one, one green creature. So the idea is, here's something that's just generating creature advantage over time. Like, every turn, I'm making another 1-1. One, one. Um, and that's the kind of thing that tokens let us do, again, is um, the divorcing of creatures from cards is very important, that there's a lot of design space that lets us do. And so, and here's a good example of sort of token generation, right? I want to sort of, with time, make... Really what this does is, it's kind of, it says, I'm a creature that keeps making more creatures, but we wouldn't be able to do that without the technology of using tokens. Okay, um, the final one in Tempest is Echo Chamber, four mana, it's a generic artifact. Uh, four and tap, target opponent chooses target creature he or she controls, put a token creature into play, and treat it as a copy of that creature. The token creature is unaffected by summoning sixes this turn, and end of turn, remove the token creature from the game, play this ability as a sorcery. Uh, so the modern version of this, that, that, that reads a little weird, four and tap, an opponent chooses a target creature they control, create a token that's a copy of that creature, that token gains haste until end of turn, exile the token in the beginning of the next end step, activate only as a sorcery. So this is another one where we're playing around. The idea is, I get to temporarily clone one of your creatures. Uh, you And you get to choose it, so there's some interesting thing there. But the idea is, once again, like, um, it's funny, you can see that Tempest was my first set. And you can see, with so many of these cards... Um, or even, I didn't mention this one, Field of Souls. Two white, white, enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from play, put an S's token in, into the play. Um, treat this as a 1-1 one, one white creature with flying, which I, I assume now is a spirit. Yeah, it's a spirit creature now. Um, so the idea is, every time a creature dies, or a non-token creature dies, because we don't want these tokens making more tokens, you get a spirit. So every creature dies and becomes a spirit. Um, like I said, I mean, Tempest was my first set. Uh, both my first set and Mike Elliott's first set. And you can see Fields of Soul, Spirit Mirror, Sarcomancy, Tooth and Claw, Mongrel Pack, Verdant Forest, Echo Chamber. I, I didn't even talk about Pegasus Refuge, where you can discard cards to make Pegasus tokens. Like, you can see I'm doing my first set, and I'm really experimenting and pushing what it means to have um, creature tokens. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, uh, we get into... Um, Stronghold, so Lab Rats, Black, Sorcery, Buyback 4. You may pay an additional 4 when you play this spell. If you do, put in your hand instead of the graveyard as part of the spell effect. Put a Rat token in play. Treat this token as a 1-1 Black creature. Hey, we had a mechanic, Buyback. Ooh, could we put Buyback on creatures? No, normally Buyback only goes in instances of Sorceries. But using, um, using the technology of creature types allows us to be able to do that. Um... For example, Mog Infestation, three, three red red, sorcery. Destroy all creatures target player controls. For each creature put into graveyard this way, put two goblin tokens in play. So it sort of turns every creature into two goblins. Um, Sliver Queen, for example, very popular card. So white, blue, black, red, green for 7-7. Seven, 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 it's a legendary creature. Uh, 
sliver. It says sliver queen cards is a sliver. Now it would just be a sliver. Um, two, put a sliver token in play. Treat this token as a 1-1 colorless creature. So, like, it's a sliver queen, but what does a sliver queen do? It makes more slivers because it's the king of the slivers. That proved very, very important. Um, you know, as we get into Exodus, um, we get stuff like Thopter Squadron. So five mana, flying. Thopter Squadron comes in play with three plus one plus one counters on it. One, move plus one counter from Thopter Squadron, put a Thopter token in play, treat this as a one-one artifact creature with flying. One, sacrifice a Thopter, put a plus one. So once again, I'm remaking, um, from Antiquity, I talked about the last time, uh, what was the card called? It was uh, Tetravis. Sort of remaking Tetravis in a sort of, mo- using some modern technology. Um, and, you know, it, like I said, I mean, one of the things as I, as I look at the whole Tempest block is just, we keep, we're, we're oh, for Volus Laboratory, this was from Stronghold. Five mana artifact, five generic mana artifact. When you play Volus Laboratory, choose a color and a creature type. Five and tap, put a token in play, treat this token as a tutor creature of the chosen creature and type. So once again, we're making customization. Oh, you can make anything you want. What, what are you, are, are you tribally caring about something? Well, you can just make that. You know, that before we didn't have the way to just make any token, but all of a sudden, we're like, okay, choose a creature type. Now you can make anything you want. Um, you can really see that we're starting to get around and play in the space. Okay, so I'm going to finish up today with Unglued and wrap up uh, this podcast with Unglued. Uh, so Unglued definitely played around in some space. Chicken egg, one and a red. It's a summon egg, zero or one. During upkeep, roll six side to die. On a six, sacrifice chicken egg and put a giant chicken token into play. Treat this token as a four for a red creature that counts as a chicken. Okay, well, I can make a little egg that hatches into a chicken. Flock of rabbit sheep, X green green. Flip X coins. An opponent calls heads or tails. For each flip you win, put a rabbit sheep token into play. Treat these as two two creatures. So the idea that I can flip to see, I can flip coins to see, you know, and whenever I win, I get a, I get, I get a token. Or Squirrel Farm, two in green, enchantment. One in green, choose a card in your hand, covering the artist's name, reveal the card to target player. If that player cannot name the artist, reveal the artist's name and put a squirrel token in play. So it makes squirrels, but it makes squirrels off caring about whether the, the, the opponent knows artists, you know. Um, and like, let's just make a fun reward. Also, squirrels are something that... Uh, I, I, I did a lot of squirrels in unsets because at some point I wasn't allowed to make as many squirrels. And so um, we're not quite at that point, actually. Uh, Odyssey block makes a lot of squirrels. I, I had some control over the creature types in Odyssey block. But after that, uh, squirrels start going away. So for a long time, the unsets were sort of the bastion of the squirrels. Um, probably the most important thing, though, about the about Unglued was I made, I think it was six um, token cards. Um, see if I can remember what they were. I made a sheep that went along with the sheep. Um... We made, uh, we probably made a chicken to go along with the, the chicken egg. Uh, we had a goblin. We had a zombie. We had a soldier. Um, I feel like there's one more. We had a, uh, I'm missing one, but, um, but anyway, I, what happened was I was making the unglued. I was making weird and wacky things. I was inspired by some stuff, some play aids I'd seen in China, uh, not China, in Japan. And so I just made some token creature cards. They, it was just a full art. It was just a goblin or a zombie. Uh, just things that I know. I, I didn't label them at the time. I didn't give them power toughness. I didn't give them a name. The idea was, hey, maybe it's a citizen. Maybe it's a soldier. Maybe it's a human. You know, you could use the tokens for multiple things, ideally. Um, but anyway, I put them in just because I thought it was a fun play aid. They became really popular. And then um, when we started putting ad ca- uh, cards into booster packs, 
uh, a few years later, um, on the back we started making token cards that we put into packs. And so this was the premiere of the token creature card that has now become a staple. Now every Magic pack has token creature cards in it. Uh, that was not always the case. In fact, it wasn't the case in Magic until Unglued came along. I know a lot of people sort of poo-poo the unsets who are... I mean, it's fine. There's people that don't like the unsets in the sense that it's not your style of play. No problem. Hey, play what you enjoy. I, I have no problem people not playing things they don't enjoy. Don't play them. Um, but for people that don't like the unsets, don't enjoy playing the unsets, I do, do want to point out that the unsets really are a place where we can experiment and push boundaries. And like I said, Unglue had both full art land and creature tokens. And those both became staples of normal magic. And that was because... We could try them in places a little safer, and then we realized people like them, we could bring them over to Black Border Magic. Anyway, guys, that is... Um, I'm sure I'll do another podcast at some point. I, I, I'm i fascinated by creature tokens, but uh, the, the lesson today, the thing I really want to sort of stretch is how it's a very valuable design tool, and we really have a lot of fun stretching boundaries and seeing what we can do with them, and it, it's... It really is something that, like I said, Richard started an alpha right away, and it, it, and I don't think there's a set that's gone by that hasn't had at least one token in it. There might be one, but very few have no tokens in them, and some have a lot of tokens in them. And it really opens up space and lets us do a lot of cool design. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Uh, but I, I finished for today, so and I, I see my desk, so we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.